everyone, Sarah Brown Wessling here from the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. And I am so excited to announce the third season of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. CCSSO's National Teacher of the Year program provides a platform for exceptional educators to elevate issues that affect teachers and their students, to expand their leadership roles, and to inform policy and practice. In this season of the podcast, 2022 State Teachers of the Year will teach us about the lessons their students keep talking about. Maybe it's the one that they come back to years later and tell the teachers about. Or maybe it's the one their most recent students have asked for over and over again. This season, we are honored to have two past State Teachers of the Year conducting the interviews themselves. You'll hear Stacy McAdoo, 2019 Arkansas State Teacher of the Year, John Arthur, 2021 State Teacher of the Year, and me in conversation with our teachers throughout this season. I invite you to listen to these incredible stories. Welcome to the Voices from the Classroom podcast. I'm John Arthur, the 2021 Utah Teacher of the Year, and I'm here today with Lee Perez, the 2022 Nebraska State Teacher of the Year. Welcome, Lee. Thank you, John. Honored to have you. And I just want to say I am a huge fan of your work and I follow your Twitter account uh, very closely. And I just got to say, brother, I love what you're doing. So keep it up, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Utes fan, but go Utes, man. (laughs) Hey, let's go. That's what I'm talking about. So I want you to please tell us what you teach, where you teach, and why you love teaching. Yeah, absolutely. So I teach uh, ESL, English as a Second Language, uh, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade at Alice Buffett Magnet Middle School in um, Omaha, Nebraska. I love teaching because growing up, I was an at-risk youth that didn't like school and that kind of got into some trouble, you know, was actually arrested, spent some time in jail. I always tell people when I do my keynotes and stuff and my speeches, I'm the Robert Downey Jr. of education because (laughs) rock bottom and, you know, kind of, you know, as Iron Man. So that was like one of my last speeches as I am Iron Man. I kind of went over how that that works and everything. But yeah, um, there was always a handful of teachers in my life that were very, very influential in putting me on a path towards um, just being a successful human being and a teacher. And I wouldn't be where I am today without amazing teachers that not only taught me the lessons I needed to learn inside the classroom, but sometimes we forget the lessons that teachers teach us outside the classroom in the communities. So I just want to say thank you to those teachers. And I became a teacher because I wanted to see the same impact with at-risk youth that, you know, you know, because like I said, there are lots of Lee Perez's in our classrooms where I became a teacher because I wanted to, you know, definitely empathize with those kids and definitely make a difference in their lives like many teachers did for me. So I wanted to kind of give back to my school, to my communities, and to my families. That's what's up, man. Well, I tell you, those kids are lucky to have you. And you. The, the chance that you have to use your life experience to uplift and elevate those children is amazing. Yeah, and absolutely. speaking of lessons, we are here to talk about that one lesson that your students keep talking about. I'm, I'm excited to learn from you. So please give me all the details about what you did during the lesson and what your students were doing throughout it. Yeah, sure. So it's actually a two-part lesson. 
And I actually had this recorded. Um, it was actually done through um, an organization that my school district contracts out of Minnesota called Minnesota Humanities. But I do a lesson on cultural and traditional profiles of my students. I want to get to know like their backgrounds, you know, their cultures, the multiple languages they speak, the traditions that they practice in their country. So what we do is we spend a few weeks just on culture and we look at everything from food, religions, languages, um, traditions, customs, values, family structure, music, holidays and festivals. And we compare and contrast those cultures, the similarities and differences. And basically kind of the core tenant and the objective of the lesson is to show my students and myself as their teacher that we there is like a plethora of diversity in our room. And mm-hmm. that should be, you know, that should not be something that we should be scared of or that we should be that should be painted in a negative light. It should be celebrated. So I want to show my students and me that, cause you know, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner too. Cause I think some of the best teachers are constantly, it's a constant learning mechanism and I'm learning things all the time. I want to teach my students how to be tolerant with each other that even though they are vastly different from each other and they do come from, you know, different geographical regions of the world that they do have a lot in common. And it's really cool because the kids, you know, they really like talking about their home countries. They really like talking about their cultures. So we kind of do these like cultural display boards where the kids design it and they draw pictures of their food and they explain what it is. They draw their flag. They write things in their native language and then they write things in English because I'm a big proponent of multilingual pedagogy. And then we do like this huge presentation where the kids come up and they do kind of like a public speaking forum and they talk about their culture and then we kind of do like a Q&A so then I'll tell the students in the audience do you have any questions and you know ELLs are naturally inquisitive and they <laughs> ask questions about each other or they say oh yeah you know we do that in my country too you know my, my family does that too or oh that that tradition sounds like you know Dale Dale Smurtos Day of the Dead in Mexico and or oh yeah we eat something similar like that in Japan but we put a different type of sauce on it than <laughs> than hot sauce or something but yeah it's really it's really cool to see the kids get to to learn about each other and where we come from in the world because you you know you could walk in my classroom and you know there might be 22 countries represented and anywhere from 30 40 plus languages spoken so mm-hmm. it's a very cosmopolitan group of students so i kind of want to display hey this is the diversity in our room and it should be celebrated each and every day that we learn not only the english language but learn each other's languages so yeah and so to do part two of that is i was approached when i became teacher of the year i was approached by um, a facilitator from minnesota humanities and she said you know would you and some of your students be interested in doing a story circle discussion on equity in schools? And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. So I spent about a month on this lesson. And, you know, because culture and equity, you know, you can kind of combine those. You can kind of talk about that because, you know, a lot of the practices that we do anyway in my classroom are super equitable. And I try to make it that way. And I basically got two students of mine. One was from Afghanistan and one was from Costa Rica. And so what we did is um, I taught them these lessons. You know, I obviously taught them what equity was and what examples were. And then I got personal testimonies of what equity would look like in their home countries, what equity would look like in the United States. 
and most importantly, what equity would look like in their school and in their classroom. So what we did is the lesson was divided into two parts. And I'll send you this lesson. It's about 30, uh, the recording is about 36 minutes long. But what they did was they did multilingual poetry. So they did equity. They wrote equity vertically and they did an across okay. and they wrote what each word, what equity meant to them in English. And then they wrote it in their native language. So my student from Afghanistan, she wrote it in Pashto and mm. my from Costa Rica wrote in Spanish. And then they read each of them in English and each of them in their native language. And then we kind of went into this like academic conversation story circle on what equity was and what it was like. What are some examples like what our school did well, which we do a really good job of that and what things we could improve on. And it was a very powerful discussion. I was very proud of these young ladies because they've only been in this country a couple of years teaching equity to students is not an easy concept even for native speakers it's a really it's kind of a word right now that you know as you know with all the politicization of education and all the attacks on teachers you know equities has turned into this scary Mm -hmm. word so Mm -hmm. i was trying to teach them like what equity what equity could do to benefit not just them but all students and all people in schools and life and we had a very very powerful conversation i was super proud of those kids because they did it and then the recording was shared in front of over 200 teachers in my district wow and so they were super super nervous and it was just it was really really awesome to see them get on a stage and talk very comfortably about what equity was what it looks like and more importantly how they can use it in their lives outside of school so that is a lesson i'm super proud of i talk about that as a matter of fact i'm presenting at my curriculum day tomorrow and i'm going to show that i'm going to show segments of that video because oftentimes there's kind of like this stereotype on english language learners that they're not capable of like really high level cognitive rigorous instruction and i kind of show that as an example of yes they are you just kind of have to you have to look at multilingualism as an as an asset not a deficit perspective so yeah yeah so my lesson man cultural equity and diversity and i love fantastic i love the fact that you zero in on equity with kids who need it the most yes and and make sure that they understand it because once especially for someone who doesn't that doesn't speak English is new to the country. You know, I think of my own mother who is an immigrant from Korea. Once you can name a thing, you can advocate for yourself in getting it. And until you know what equity is and understand why you deserve it, why it's best for all kids and all schools, then you can start to insist on better. And and you gave them that man. I I don't need to ask you why that was particularly poignant for your kids because it's baked right into that lesson. But I do want to know from you as somebody who was collaborating with an outside organization to make this big thing happen for your students, what did you learn about teaching and collaborating with folks outside the schoolhouse to, to make a powerful lesson happen? I learned that specifically with students, sometimes you have to um, teach them a topic that is difficult and sometimes uncomfortable for them to really blossom. So when I first approached these two young ladies, I said, hey, you're my top two ELLs. You've been doing really good. You've made a lot of progress. Like, I would like you to do this. And then I kind of explained, like, you know, the, you know, the mechanics of it. Like, you know, you it would be recorded 
you wouldn't be presenting in front of a live audience, but it would be presented in front of like a few hundred teachers in the district for a story circle. And at first they were super like hesitant and uncomfortable to do it. But then once I kind of, you know, build up their confidence and empowered them a little bit, I was able to convince them like, Hey, sometimes, and I even used examples of me and my own experience. Mm -hmm. Like I used to have a public speaking fear and now I'm teacher of the year. I literally do. (laughs) I've given 43 speeches this year and I've got many more lined up, but I just kind of explained to them. Sometimes you have to do things that make you uncomfortable to grow, not only as a person, but in your learning. And I remember before we started recording, it was 10 minutes. They were super nervous. You know, they were, you know, Manor wore her <laughs> job from Afghanistan. So she's fixing that. She dressed really nice. And so did, um, so did Yuriani. Those are the two students' names. And I remember, you know, they were super nervous. And I was just like, you know, you got this. Just talk naturally and talk like yeah. in class and just know that I'm here and know that I'm proud of you. But when they were done... I was super proud of him, but I said, you know, you did something that not a lot of kids can do. And you got up in front of a stage and even though you were scared, you performed. And so it taught me that as teachers, sometimes we have to really push our students because they are capable of more than we know. I mean, oftentimes Mm -hmm. we frustrated and we, we want to teach a lesson or a skill or even a certain mindset and things don't go right the first way and then we automatically just throw in the towel but when you watch this youtube video and i encourage you to do that it's Mm kind of like the iceberg of hard work you know this is the top of what you see it took me it took me over a year to teach these kids how to engage in like an academic dialogue like this on on a word like equity but you know it's i explain to kids equity is not a scary word equity you know quote me on this equity is a way of life i mean it's yeah. something that we should all strive for you know regardless of what we look like or what background or culture we're from equity is what makes us humans it's what should move us forward as you know a a future of democracy builders in this country and that's how i view equity so yeah yeah equity is the path yes it's exactly. going to get us to where we want to go Absolutely. and you know your students are lucky to have you iron man Whose superpower <laughs> is empowerment itself. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. this incredible example from your practice. And we'll make sure that we include the link to yes. that YouTube video. When we're done, and- I'll go ahead and email that to you. But yeah, it's just when you watch it, it's just, you know, once once they get into the gist of the conversation, they really go over their personal testimony is powerful. Mm-hmm. And really shows the power of challenging students and putting them in situations that may make them uncomfortable because sometimes we are more capable of what we know when given the right push, you know, yeah. good teaching is kind of like gravity. Sometimes all you need is a little. <laughs> good teaching is like gravity. I can't think of a more perfect note to end on. Lee, yeah, thank yeah. you so much for sharing, uh, sharing your professional expertise and your magic with us, man. It is no greater honor to do this. And I just want to say out there to all the teachers starting a new year, if you have, I know it's going to be a tough year, but just control what you can control and just try to be there for our babies because they need us now more than ever. So thank you, John, very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the latest series of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. 
let's keep the conversation going. Please share these lessons on social media with the hashtag NTOY22. That's hashtag N-T-O-Y-2-2. You can also catch up on the last two seasons on our website at ntoy.ccsso.org. While you're there, you can also learn more about and find ways to support all of our efforts to elevate teacher voice through the National Teacher of the Year program. Until next time.